Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Monday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And uh, this time uh, we got to AP Hill, uh, the removal of the AP Hill monument, the last one that remains in the city of Richmond. And David, you were out there early this morning when they started. What did you see? What was the atmosphere like out there? Yeah, it was uh, it was a uh, generally pretty uh jovial atmosphere there were a lot of just community members people in the neighborhood uh out to watch as uh they removed the statue they had a crane there and basically looked like they sawed uh along the bottom of the statue and just lifted it up off the pedestal and then they've spent the rest of the day disassembling that pedestal um where uh, and somewhere in that um sort of circle uh in the middle of the intersection are uh ap hill's actual remains though i from some of the stuff we've been hearing maybe they're having a little bit of trouble finding those remains um but the the pedestal and the statue itself are now gone uh there was one protester who said uh he was you know an indirect descendant of ap hill in some way um who had a a a cardboard box he'd written some messages on but other than that it was uh a lot of just sort of community members and their dogs and their kids wandering around uh and watching as uh yeah they finally have finished what they started in 2020 of removing all these confederate public confederate monuments understood uh there's a school right there. Did the, did the kids come out and watch it all or did they seem to be focused more on school? Cause they are still in session this week. Yes. Uh, Linwood Holton, they did not, but uh, the, there was a, a church with like a preschool uh, uh, sort of across from Linwood Holton, uh, Christ Ascension Episcopal church. And uh, they, they had several classes of preschoolers come out and watch as the, the statue came down Uh and they seemed, I mean, having, having a preschool nephew, I think they were far more excited by the crane than anything. I was going to say devoid of any historical context or whatever, just watching a, a huge metal statue get lifted up and carried around. Yeah, I mean, pretty that, cool. that alone, you know, the big crane is, you know, the best, the best deal, the best deal if we, it, for that age set. Um <sighs> Did you talk to some people? What were their impressions? I know I was able to interview, you know, while you were handling the, the stuff down there, one of the uh, the family descendants. But what was the impression of the people there that were willing to talk? Yeah, with with the exception of um, the the protester I already mentioned, uh, people seemed pretty pretty excited uh, to for this to finally be happening. Uh, for several reasons, especially one uh, local I talked to, who he's a retired accountant who he said walks and rides his bike around there all the time. He lives down the street. Um, 
beyond wanting the monument to come down for, you know, the reason that it is a Confederate monument and they think it's time to come down, um, it's an incredibly dangerous intersection. And there's a lot of incidents that happen there uh, in large part because this statue and the pedestal, this monument uh, really reduces the visibility at this intersection and it makes the lights far more confusing and you have to figure out which way to go around the monument. So there's, you know, uh, wrecks pretty commonly there and it's in front of this elementary school in this church where there's preschool which also add to people are excited uh, for this to come down because the intersection should be reopened by the end of the week and it's going to be a lot safer hopefully as a result I understood now like I said I did talk to uh to uh, let me make sure I've got his name correctly because uh I've covered a couple of different stories today, but uh, John Hill, sorry, I wanted to make sure I got the first name right. Uh, John Hill, he's a, a direct descendant of um, the Confederate general. And obviously he has different reactions from some of the people, um, you know, that you spoke to. He feels devastated by, by, the, um, by the removal of the monument. And uh, he is actually still in a legal fight over the, the fate of the monument. The remains, once they do in fact find the remains, are headed to a cemetery in Culpeper and they're gonna have a military funeral sometime in January, more, more than likely January 21st. Um, but the uh, statue and the pedestal, my understanding from what, what John Hill was telling me, um, that's going to the uh, wastewater treatment plant while they still fight over the fate of that. He believes that's basically a grave marker and should go with them. Um, the city is trying to donate them to the Black History Museum, which has custody of the other statues that were taken down. Um, so that's still going through the courts and we'll, we'll eventually get a final resolution on that. But mm -hmm. um, so that was just a reaction from from the family members. Um, did it look like they were moving pretty fast when you when you were there in terms of getting the statue statue? Because to be honest with you, I covered Stonewall Jackson when the first one went down and that one took. um Forever. Now, it was complicated by the fact that it was July and there was a thunderstorm going on at the same time. And you had a crane and a metal metal statue. But um, it took a while. It seems like as they've moved through the statues, they've gotten a little bit better at, 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 at removing them. They were. Yeah, they were almost like startlingly efficient in how they took this one down to the point where I was I turned around to talk to someone uh, and you know, maybe three or four minutes passed. And then I turned back around and they had removed the whole top chunk of the, the pedestal itself uh, and loaded it up onto the flatbed in that time. Um, and from, from what I've seen, I think they've gotten through pretty much the entirety of um, the, the outer remnants of the monument. Uh, now it's just that land and locating uh, AP Hills uh, remains in that circle of uh of land. You know, re regardless of people's feelings on, on, on the removal, I will say this, the one that sh was shockingly that re was removed shockingly fast was uh, the, the Lee monument. I was incredibly surprised how quickly that one was removed. Like they started at seven o'clock and it was already off the, the pedestal by eight. And I figured that was going to take like a day and a half to do just, just based yeah. on the size. And that will move, move very fast. So it's, it's interesting that they can, they can get going on these uh, pretty quickly. 
Mm-hmm. Now, semi-related to, to the AP Hill Monument thing, I covered a congressional announcement today, which was over in the East End by the racetrack. And the reason why I say it's related to the monument was because normally the easiest way to get to the racetrack is to go down Laburnum right past <laughs> what was the AP Hill Monument, but it was closed off. So I had to go some back roads today to get all the way over uh, towards the racetrack. But uh, Delegate Lamont Bagby um, decided to get into the uh fourth congressional district race. He's the first announced candidate. And it's uh, somewhat interesting is that the governor at the same time announced the date for the election, which is February 21st. But because that's for the general election, they have to choose their candidates more than 45 days out so that Mm. they can start early voting for Congress, which means basically the people who are announcing today and tomorrow, there's two more candidates who are likely to announce tomorrow, State Senator Jennifer McClellan and Senator Joe Morrissey, um, they have to announce this week because the primary basically has to take place before Christmas. And Mm -hmm. if you're doing any Christmas shopping, you know, there's not a whole lot of time left. So basically it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a mad dash to name a candidate on both sides. Um, although more prominently on the democratic side, um, so that they can get in the general election because this is a heavily democratic seat and it's, uh, the winner of the Democratic primary is likely to be the next congressman. Now, of course, the reason the seat is open is because Donald McEachin passed away at the end of November, shortly after winning re-election. So um, we have that to deal with. And also, there was a surprise announcement today out of Loudoun County, where there actually were apparently indictments in uh, the grand jury's uh, investigation into uh, two sexual assaults at Loudoun schools, both committed by the same student. Now, when they issued the report um, a week ago, the school district was like, hey, no indictments. Hey, they, they, found, they found some concerns, but no issues, no indictments. Well, I guess that was wrong because there actually were indictments. They just announced them a week later. Uh, the former superintendent who was fired last week faces three misdemeanors. And the school's spokesman, uh, Wade Byard, uh, faces a felony perjury charge. Um, details are limited as to what those relate to. Uh, but uh, it was an outgrowth of the grand jury's investigation. So turns out that actually there are some indictments and um, we'll be interested to see how that proceeds moving forward because this is continuing to be a, it's been a political football. It's a, you know, now a court football as well. So mm-hmm. um, again, for tomorrow, uh, as I mentioned with the, the, the Lamont Bagby announcement, there'll be more announcements tomorrow. Also, we're starting to get into uh the holiday travel season, I imagine AAA will be talking about travel numbers in short order relatively soon. So that's just things to keep an eye on this week before we all start to really slow down and focus on Christmas, with the exception of the congressional candidates who won't get a chance to slow down prior to Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, anything else you want to add on on the AP Hill removal? Uh, any other uh, insights that you, you got out of that? Well, I mean, it was also just interesting. LeVar Stoney, Mayor LeVar Stoney was there. Uh, it should also be mentioned and was you know, very, uh, spoke very excitedly about, um, you know, what he sees this as symbolizing. So it's also, there were several members of city council there. Um, it was, uh, you know, a lot of familiar faces showed up, you know, for, uh, what, you know, they see this as symbolizing, uh, for Richmond. Yeah. No, understood. And it's, you know, it's actually the same people who are doing the removals uh, that did all of basically all of them. It's the same company, same yep. people. So, so, so this has been the Monday evening edition of its news to us for David Lefkowitz. I'm news director, Matt Dumline. 
We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 